Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I can't let it slide. Welcome to New Mexico Black Rifle Operators Union. I'm your host, Sean. So we got some wins and some losses and some things we need to talk about. You know, um, we have some wins for the 2A, but because um, they're not actually direct wins, uh, so to speak. Specifically, we had, there's a case that's been going through the case the process with Matt Hoover and John Crump has been really, uh, if you don't know who he is, he's a blogger, he's a podcaster, he's big in the 2A community, he writes for MLN. Basically, Matt Hoover, if you don't know who Matt Hoover is, he's a podcaster, or a webcaster, um, 2A guy who has been convicted of something called the auto key. Now, I mentioned this auto key thing, and I was talked about how stupid this case was, but over, you know, Thursday, Friday-ish, they John Crump was releasing some of the legal briefs that were being put out in the sentencing hearing from Matt Hoover, and the case actually drew the ATF to court to fight the fact that they were trying to release things that were already released by the ATF um, to the courts that were legally uh, obtainable. So you could have read these if you re- read these documents. That is, if you were following the case. And the ATF was trying to sue to stop that from happening. Well, John Crump automatically just went in and posted them up, and the ATF went after him, sort of. And basically, that was overturned. So there was an amicus case where a ton of YouTube celebrities um, in the gun tube space backed uh, John Crump because this was a violation of his First Amendment rights. Um, Especially if the ATF has released these things, these are open court documents, And the idea here is to get more support for Matt Hoover because this case is one of those cases where the ATF kind of, as always, wrote a check that their butt can't cash. And this poor man, Matt Hoover, is still in jail um, until his sentencing hearing is completed for basically exercising his First Amendment right. He created a business card, something about the size of a business card, with the printed template of an auto key on it. Now, you would have to do a ton of machining to do this, and the ATF themselves, with their division, couldn't get one out of, I think, ten of these they got to work. And they did that 
by making the gun slam fire or uh, follow, uh, follow the hammer follow. That's what I'm trying to get to. Hammer follow to get it to do the full auto thing, sort of, but not fully. It's debatable that this device would even work at that function of turning it into a lightning link, basically turning that key card into a lightning link. That's what they're trying to do with this thing anyway. But the fact is, having that information is not illegal. Okay, Learning how to, do, to turn a weapon into a fully automatic gun isn't illegal. Those are covered under your First Amendment rights. And Matt putting this out was kind of a cheeky way to get at the ATF saying, look, you can't really do anything about this because this is part of the First Amendment. And I think that Matt will eventually get out of jail, at least I hope. Um, there, you can donate to his stuff, look for it online. I'm, I don't have the link for you. But Matt Hoover's the name of the gentleman that, that's basically in trouble for this. But we won in court. So the 2A community stood behind this guy, um, John Crump, and we won. We beat them and, and let them know that, the you know, again, the Second Amendment does defend the First Amendment. Speaking of the First Amendment, there's a man that was killed in Provo, Utah. Now, this man was 75 years old. Um, he made some comments. Uh, I think his name is John Robertson. Yeah. Anyway, this man made some very inappropriate comments uh, towards the President of the United States. It's not like that's not been done by Hollywood towards Trump or any other president. And they, FBI took this as a real legitimate threat. So they went to go arrest this man. Now, from my understanding, this man's 75 years old. He was very immobile. Um, he took care of his blind son. So he was an avid gun collector. And he said some things and posted some pictures that probably were in bad taste at the worst um, and probably shouldn't have been made because anytime you threaten power like this and power is corrupt like this uh, current administration is, they're going to take that as a challenge and a real threat, even if it isn't a real threat. And they're going to do something like they did when they went after Mr. Johnson or Mr. Robertson. They uh, broke down, they couldn't break down his door, which again is surprising that the FBI can't break down a door, um, especially given all the tools and resources and training that we've spent millions of dollars on um, for the FBI. They couldn't do that. So they ended up using a battering ram and going through his window, and they used a flashbang on a 75 year old immobile man, a man that actually had to have help getting to and from places, and they shot him. Now, this should send shockwaves through the community, um, and it has in the conservative community, especially in the the conservative blog sphere. Um, check out The Blaze. Glenn Beck has done some stuff on this. Um, there's been a lot of people that have talked about it. I believe even Tim Poole talked about this, that this just seems very heavy-handed. And at the same time, you have to think about they, these people are taking real threats or even minimal threats as serious threats to the president so we're at that place where it sounds status to say what I'm about to say but maybe it's not a good plan to uh, say anything that derogatory especially calling for the death of someone um, because they will come after you and there is no defense you know you you can think you're 
a bad guy like John Wick, and you may even be like John Wick, they send enough people after you, you're not going to be able to, to fight that. This is one of those things you want to go to court for. Um, because in the courts, at least you have a legal, you know, a 50-50 shot at least, if not better, um, at getting some relief from the heavy hand of the federal government. The pistol brace rule and the frame rule are still in place. So if you didn't hear what has happened over the last week, the the frame rule, which is, I think, uh, Mock v. Garland, or is it? No, it's Vanderstock v. Garland. Vanderstock v. Garland where they were ruling on whether ghost guns or 80% receivers, I'm not going to call them ghost guns, 80% receivers, which really are just chunks of metal or chunks of plastic, that need to be finished with some sort of knowledge. These were uh, banned by the ATF, by executive fiat. And the Fifth Circuit originally vacated the the case, saying that this was not legal in the spirit of uh, the Bruin decision and reading the the historical context of what should happen in that case. But the ATF took it to SCOTUS, and the SCOTUS turned on us. So Alito put it to the the rest of the SCOTUS, and uh, they basically ruled that until this decision, (coughs) excuse me, this case is fully settled in court, that they can't vacate the rule. Um. At the same time this is happening, like I said, there's some losses that we need to you know, check our little box and make sure we know what's going on. One of them is in Tennessee. The red flag law that most of us in blue states like New Mexico have is progressing despite having a Republican uh, governor. And why is that? It's because of the shooting that happened at the school by the trans shooter. Um, in Tennessee, that resonated with people. And of course... They tugged on the heartstrings, so every town has, and this will get the red flag law passed. The same time that they're doing this, the ATF is looking at regulating who is an FFL. Now, I mentioned this before, but what they're changing, and it's already passed, um, and it will be signed into law, basically gives some hooks to the ATF to look at who is an FFL. It used to be said that you, if you were an FFL, Um, or to be considered someone who should have an FFL, that you had to do this as a profit to make a living. Now they're saying that if you do this to make a profit at all. Now that has some repercussions for anyone who's in a freer state than I'm in, because in New Mexico, if I sell a firearm uh, to anyone, uh, period, even like an FFL, I have to go through a background check, um, and I have to go through the process to do all of that. Otherwise, um, it's illegal. And basically what, they're done, what they've done in New Mexico, they're trying to do nationally. And that's where we need to be very careful. There is a representative out of Virginia. I didn't catch his name because his name's not that important. It's more important to make sure that your reps are aware of this and don't side with them. That's trying to push uh, that 1,000% tax on firearms. So there would be an excise tax that pushes on the average individual a 5,000 or not a 5,000 a 1,000% tax on firearms ammunition and magazines now what that does is it puts owning a weapon into a financial space that most people can't afford especially if you're on the poorer side and you need one because you know in your neighborhood law enforcement is probably not going to go there 
and you need it to defend yourself, you need a firearm to defend yourself, this is something that would put that firearm squarely out of your league of being able to own. You know, if you take a $500 firearm, you had a 1,000% tax on it, I think the math works out to a $5,000 firearm at that point. You know, so that's like taking a regular Glock pistol, which is around 500 bucks, maybe 600 bucks, and making it a $5,000 or a $6,000 item. Now, this is completely asinine in my opinion, and the reason why is because the whole purpose of the Second Amendment was to give us equal footing, I say us, the American citizen, equal footing, to what our overlords or what our leaders are supposed to have access to. We're getting to that point where there's a gentried class of people, um, the elite, that are well-protected, that you don't have that same protection or can't get that same protection for yourself. And that it should be illegal, but it's not. Some weird wins. The weird win that I have to talk about is one that I didn't expect. And it's interesting in that I never thought I would talk about this this way. And I think it's kind of cool because, you know, there's more states. There's 31 states, I believe, where cannabis is now legal. There's a case called Daniels versus the United States where the Fifth Circuit actually sided with a marijuana user saying that that it was constitutionally protected. In the spirit of the Bruin decision, there is no historical context where a marijuana user, which is akin to alcohol, um, couldn't own a firearm. Now, if this sticks and it goes through the other rigmarole process to make this happen, I don't see how marijuana can stay on Schedule 1 and be a prohibited uh, offense. To me, I, I see that as good um, because it's long past that. I'm one of those people that believes that if something has become law of the land, meaning that the states themselves, if 31 states allow legal marijuana consumption, either recreational or medicinal, that now should be the law of the land. And the same thing goes for the those of us in the 2A community where constitutional carry is at I think 27 states now that's the majority or the plurality of states just like marijuana is for that other issue why isn't constitutional carry the law of the land throughout our country another weird win and I talked about this one with the marijuana not not marijuana the Hawaii stuff and let's say a silent prayer for all those folks in Hawaii and Maui that you know, lost their homes. I think the death toll is up to 93 with the latest wildfire. Um, you're going to hear conspiracies that this was started by space lasers or that it uh, was started by some homeless man. They're still investigating all this stuff. The fact of the matter is it doesn't matter. Um, wildfires happen, and if you live anywhere like I do in the southwest, wildfires are destructive. And they can sweep up in a hell of a hurry and do a lot of damage in a hell of a hurry, especially with winds. And this case in Hawaii, they, um, the wind was actually a factor because they were expecting a typhoon. So they had high winds, which pushed that fire um, in, in a very rapid pace that it, people couldn't escape it. But the wind in Hawaii I'm talking about is they found that butterfly knives and switchblades are arms that can be are, that are covered by the Second Amendment. 
Now, what's interesting about that thought process in one of the most liberal states or one of the most blue states possible in the Union, for them to find this way means that any other weapon that is more dangerous, so in my mind's eye it's any gun, would be more dangerous than a knife. How do you make something illegal when you've just proved that something less effective and less destructive and less uh, purpose-built to uh, defend yourself? Um, A knife is just a tool to me. It always has been. I believe you should carry one everywhere you go, whether it's a butterfly knife or whatever. It's because you need it. Um, It's something you can use for a number of things. And if you have to defend yourself with it, you should be able to. Same thing goes with a gun. But for them to go, like I said, and rule that this is a protected arm, just like your pistol, just like your rifle, how do you go then, as a person, and say that an AR-15 isn't um, protected by the same means? It's the, it's just a tool. You know, it, a knife is far less uh, destructive or capable of defending yourself than anything else. Now, maybe I answered my own question there because it is less effective. At the same time, the whole purpose of bearing arms is to use the most effective tool for the mo- for the situation you're in. So, those are the two weird things that I've seen um, for wins. Um, the First Amendment win, I think, is a big deal, especially in the 2A community, because it shows that when it comes to court cases you're going to have backing you didn't plan on having. You know, um, I've talked about how close-knit the 2A community is. Once they find out who you are and what you're doing, if you really aren't a turd, they're going to rally around you, we're going to rally around you, and we're going to try to bring you up. Something I got in the mail I wanted to talk about, and it's funny because I've had people say, well, why do you care? I got my FPC welcome pack. And, you know, for a lot of people, that doesn't matter if you get a sticker or a patch or some, or a card or anything. I actually would be okay with FPC not doing this and just using what funds they did uh, for putting this stuff out towards the cases that they're trying to fight because these guys are consistently fighting for us. However, it's great that I was a lifetime member of the NRA. And you know what I always got? I got letters and a couple things of letterhead once in a while that were always asking for money. Now, this welcome package, they encourage you again to to, uh, throw more towards their cause, but I'm more likely to throw something to their cause just because they're actually fighting in court. But it's wicked cool that they sent a patch that you can wear on your armor or your Velcro jacket or whatever. They sent this nice uh, card. It's a tan card with their logo on it, and they sent a sticker that you can put out. It's like, actually, I think they sent a couple stickers. One that's black and circular, and one that's uh, very much mirrors the the patch that you can put on whatever. And why this is cool is because it shows that they care about those people that they're supporting, that are supporting them, and that matters. You know, whether you get a new knife all the time or something from somewhere from these organizations despite, you know, because you've put down a lot of money, that matters. I haven't put down a lot of money. 
you know, I have put maybe 50 bucks in towards the FPC and to get something back from them just to acknowledge thank you, not a letter would have even been just as cool to me because of what they're doing. You know, Mock v. Garland, uh, Vanderstock v. Garland. Why are these cases there? It's because of organizations like FPC and Gun Owners of America that they're being fought and litigated against. And, you know, that never seemed to be the case with the NRA. You know, when I was a member of the NRA, a lifetime member, I don't remember ever seeing them raise a court case. They would talk about it in their ILA group and say, yeah, we're doing this for the Second Amendment. Then you'd find out that these guys are the ones that are behind the red flag laws and that they are the ones that propose the bump stock ban to Trump so that they could open that can of worms that we're having to fight. And I wish that people in the 2A understood that, that when you give power away, you cede a, a little bit of power that are going to take a mile every time. And it never fails in the 2A. Every time we compromise, one of us compromises. The whole organization, the whole group of us gets screwed by that. You know, pistol braces were, have been in use for 13 plus years now. There could be 40 million of these out in the world. And now 40 million people could be outlaws because of executive fiat, because they allowed emotion after the Las Vegas shooting to overrule reason. And we need to be very cognizant of that, because as we're getting into that partisan part of the election, we're getting into the primary season where we're going to start seeing candidates come out. Oh, let's talk about that. Brandon Herrera threw his hat in the ring. That's the AK guy, if you don't know who he is. He threw his hat in the ring to primary a Republican who has sided with people to take away our rights. And he's also been very soft on the border issue, even though he's from Texas. You know, I don't want to run for office just because I don't want them to go through every nook and cranny of my life. And I understand people for not wanting to run through office because of that. At the same time, this is an actual fight that if you get into, you could win, and you could actually do some really good things for it. You know, I see a lot of my local representatives, uh, whether it's at the state level or at the city level. You know, my city is a um, safe haven, a, a Second Amendment sanctuary city. And it doesn't mean much until you go to court, but it was a symbolic effort that the city felt they needed to do. They came out and said that they will not abide by these Second Amendment infringements. My county did the same thing. Those were led by my sheriff and by my mayor, of all people. Now, what's interesting about that is New Mexico is a very blue state, but northwest New Mexico isn't. It's very conservative. But it's also very much they have to play politics. And while I've been very harsh on local leaders as of late, for some of the things that happened during the COVID crisis. I have to give them mad props for at least standing up for us when they can. You know, we, we have a power plant in northwest New Mexico that our governor shut down, and it's cost us a lot of jobs. It's cost us electrical rates to go up in northwest New Mexico and probably throughout the state. But what's interesting is that 
my mayor yet again has been pushing this until the governor finally killed it. What eventually happens with local governments is they're reliant on funding from state entities. So they have to play that political game more than I want them to. And I realize that. At the same time, you know, sometimes you have to do what your constituents say 100% because we're the ones that are voting for you. And we're going to be the ones that back you. You know, you can call that a status point. Um, it, I still believe that there are core parts of our system that they can't falsify or screw up. And I believe that because if they weren't there, these systems in place, they wouldn't be fighting as hard as they are to overrule them or to skirt them or to go over them. If you look at the federal level, they're scrambling hard to silence us, to take our guns, and they're doing this because they're afraid that the people are finally going to stand up and say no. And we're getting there. Now, whether we're standing up and saying no at the ballot box, which I think that's what they're afraid of, is that there's enough people now that are going to overrule them and say, we're done with your crap, or they take it to that next level. Do I think we're going to get to that next level? No. Should we get to that next level? No. And, you know, I keep talking about that line in the sand, but we're in the 21st century. How we fight the battle that's coming is by getting very vocal, by using social media, by using sharing New Mexico Black Rifle Operators Union. That's one of the most powerful ways you can help me grow my channel uh, and grow my podcast, but it also is a way to get the message out that, hey, we're not all alone in this, and we haven't been for a long time. If you look at the political pundits right now, they're all trying to scramble and say, how do we win 2024? Because let's be honest, if you're a conservative, you have a do-nothing group of people that are in politics that are perfectly okay with accepting the status quo. Enter someone like Brandon Herrera, who isn't one of those people. You know, if you have watched Brandon Herrera's stuff on YouTube, he's goofy, he's funny, he's very smart, um, but he's very much an advocate for the Second Amendment. He's very much an advocate for what our country should be or what it once was. And that's where some of us, like myself, have stood up a long time ago and said, I had to do something, I had to start something like New Mexico Black Rifle Operators Union. Now, looking at the cool stuff that's in the 2A, let's go on to the next phase because I've covered the news and why it should matter to you. I'm seeing a lot of people um, checking out guns that I think are mildly interesting. Uh, specifically, today I watched a couple things, a couple reviews on the Cheetah, uh, the Beretta Cheetah. This is a 380 pistol, a modernized version of one that has been out for a long time that Beretta discontinued and they brought back. Now for a 380, I'm not going to pay $700 or $900 for a Beretta or for a pistol and a chambered in 380 because 380 isn't my um, preferred carry round. My preferred carry round is a 9mm. Um, that's because I think the 9mm ballistics have improved dramatically enough that they can outrank um, by volume with the 45 ACP. My dad used to tell me that a forty-five was God, one of God's calibers, and if you could carry a forty-six, he would. 
after having a 45, using a 45, even with their modern improvements, I like the ha- the ability to have 15 or 16 rounds in a magazine, like with my Glock 19, or 11 rounds with my Glock 26, and then being able to carry a Glock 19 magazine that will interchange with that so that I can have that 15 rounds um, to top off with my Glock 26. That's more attractive to me than having seven rounds or eight rounds of rock and roll um, because we're in that environment where one-on-one combat is probably not going to be what's happening. You're probably going to get three or four people trying to invade your home or three or four people trying to rob you. And with that stress quotient going up, what are you going to do? Now, what makes the Cheetah interesting is it's a slightly larger frame gun that carries, you know, 13 rounds of 380. 13 rounds of 380 isn't a slouch. But if for the weight and for the price, I think I'll take my Ruger LCP Max any day of the week. Now, if you've shot the LCP Max or own one, chime in. But they are pretty exceptional guns for something if you need to go in deep concealment because they're light and you can still carry 13 rounds of 380, which is not that bad. It's the lightest three uh, caliber that I would use for concealed carry. And with that, I would use Lehigh uh, or Underwood Defense, um, their extreme defender or extreme penetrator. That's what I carry when I carry my 380 because it seems to have the most capability to stop a threat. When you look at the, these things, what was interesting and telling to me when I was checking out um, Mr. Guns and Gear's review of the Cheetah was that they could put a optic on it for red dots. Now, I've shot optic-mounted pistols now multiple times. And what I find myself doing, and I know it's a training scar and it's something I'd have to get over, is I'm ending up chasing the dot. Where if I take a standard set of three-dot sights, I... Um, naturally drift to them and naturally shoot better. I spend more time chasing a dot with a red dot than I would see myself unless I spent a lot of time training. And I wonder with these people that want that super whiz-bang piece of kit do that. And that's where we need to be. In the 2A community, when it's time, you need to count on your gun and count on your skill enough so that you don't think it's just part of what you do just my opinion but as we're winning in a lot of categories I wanted to come out and swing in and let you know where we're winning because it's sad and it's depressing all the time to to dwell on where we're not I fully believe that the uh, Vanderstock v Garland uh, will get ruled in our favor and that the 80% receivers will come back Um, for now we're having to wait until the case gets fully litigated like share subscribe be great in the top, I can't let it slide. My politics are rather controversial. Who would have thought that I ain't catching all slack? And I have enemies on my ball sack. I'm thinking insanity is what you call that, and I just get a.